Champaign, Illinois native Emily Harrington coming to you from Kitchen Table Studios in the ever-evolving, sometimes boring, flatlands of Champaign-Urbana for the next podcast episode of Hyperlocals, where townies and transplants share their tales of tears and triumphs, losses and wins, so stay tuned to catch the characters behind the beloved Twin Cities of CU. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the next episode of the Hyper Locals podcast. I'm going to try something new and different, and it's not because I have run out of guests, because I know that's what you guys are thinking. I haven't, but I was inspired to tell a story of my past when a opportunity came to see someone from my past. And Currently, I am in the car on yet another road trip to Tampa to see the Fighting Illini play in a football bowl. The name of the bowl is escaping me. Irrelevant. So if my sound isn't perfect, that's because I'm under a blanket in the passenger seat with my husband coughing incessantly next to me. And my oldest son coughing incessantly behind me. I am also recovering from a cold. So the sound isn't perfect, but it's more about the content anyway, right guys? So I'm going to try to tell this story. And I was going to tell the story on the way home from Chicago when it was super fresh in my mind. At this point, it's about a week out. But I wasn't in the mood for whatever reason. So I'm going to try it now while I have some energy. So I'm going to go back a little bit. Um, I've said over and over that I lapsed on social media for, I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine years while my two sons were super young because it was just putting me in a bad mood. I don't know how else to say it, but I found myself wasting time and spiraling into people's highlight reels of their life. So I just stepped away as I was raising little, little babies, which was such a good decision. But because of that, many people that I had kind of grown up with, went to high school with, went to college with, I didn't get to see as much or they didn't get to see me and how my life was progressing for better or for worse. You know what I mean? Maybe that was a good thing um, in a lot of ways. So when I started the podcast and it became a necessity to get back on social media, many people that I had once acquainted with or been friends with or worked with or went to school with came out of the woodwork a little bit. Hi, I see this. I see you start a podcast. I've listened. I love it. Nice to see you. Nice to hear from you. Looks like you're doing well. Those kind of things. And in a lot of ways, 
all of those were well received and welcome because I really didn't have quote unquote a lot of enemies. And even if there were a falling out, it was long forgotten in those nine, 10 years that I had been off social media. And it seemed like we had picked up right where we left off if we left off in a good place, if that makes sense. So one person in particular, and I'm gonna change names, so this will be super fun and hard to keep track of for anonymity's sake. One person in particular, we'll call her Mary. Mary reached out to me and she said, I see you're on social media, et cetera, et cetera. And I reached out to her, said it's good to hear from you. I say, can I have your email? Because I do find DMing and messaging a little bit cumbersome and difficult to keep track of and follow with logging in, logging out, and if you're on different platforms. So if I really wanted to like have a back and forth, it's easier for me in my old age to do email, okay? So she gave me her email and we exchanged a few emails back and forth. Um, catching up, a little bit of reminiscing, and we left it as my husband and I, Andrew and I, go to Chicago maybe two or three times a year, and this is where Mary is located in suburbia of Chicago. So I said, next time I'm up there, I will give you a holler, and maybe we can get together. And I think she probably thought, okay, sure, nice to hear from you, we'll never talk again. So fast forward then throughout the progression of the podcast. So six months later, my college girlfriends who we have kept in touch and it's like old hat every time we see or talk to each other, although the pandemic slowed that way down, but there was no um, love lost there by any means. We still communicate. They were kind of organizing a gathering and they're all Chicago suburbia girls. So I thought I would kind of kill two birds with one stone. And while I went to see my college girlfriends for the day or the evening, I would also stop close by and visit this old friend who I had not seen for, let's see. We graduated high school and went to high school together as best friends in 2002. We graduated college in 2006, okay? We saw each other for a few years, maybe one or two after college. So since 2008, I have not spoke or heard from her. So that is, Andrew, what's the math there? 2008. So in 14 years, I have not seen or spoke to her. And I would say that it wasn't a friendly goodbye or there wasn't a really warm finality to it so I reached out to her after 14 years and said okay I am coming to the suburbs would you like to get together I'll be there around lunchtime she graciously warmly arranged we set up a time and so I went so I'm going to back up to our story with this particular girl and then we'll end 14 years later to the present day and how that particular meeting went 
And I'm going to try to do this with anonymity, respect, and kindness. This is my story, my viewpoint of what happened that year. And I'm also not going to try to bore you with all the facts, but get down to the bare necessities, the brass tacks, if you will. She became my best friend in high school, Mary did. Uh, Mary, I've talked about in the podcast because she was such like a paramount part of that crazy high school time. She lived two houses down from my now husband, Andrew. So I've talked to her about it because we had this dueling party where we went back and forth between her two houses. We were good friends and I would say we were different. She was quiet, reserved, um, classy, a little bit prim and proper. I was wild, louder, a little more colorful. I guess she was drinking Stella Artois, okay? And I was drinking 30 packs of Bush Light, if that shows you the difference. But we did become friends. For whatever reason, we were drawn to each other and we were kind of the yin to the yang, I suppose. And we had a few other friends. I think there was a group of about four of us. We were called the YOLO crew. I know, okay. You only live once crew. Um, one of those girls is now passed away. One of those girls is now in Bloomington and we'll call her Barry. So I've got Mary and Barry, okay? So there was a foursome and we were pretty um, party animals, I think. Okay, so Mary and I, best friends in high school, we're gonna go to Illinois State University and we are going to live together. And we did that. We lived in a dorm and it was like a jail cell. I never decorated it. I just never felt comfortable or at home. I've said this before. I think I am introverted Although people think I'm an extrovert, but I am really, I think, introverted and I drank to be an extrovert. And that's kind of how I got through college. And if it wasn't for some other friends, I don't know if I would have made a lot of friends. So I joined a sorority, I think, because I had seen it in TV and movies and I thought it was going to be the cool thing to do. And I went through Rush and I took to that pretty well. That was structured and ritualistic and traditional. And I was able to go through that process. Mary, my roommate, also went through Rush, okay? She went through it. She joined a different house, but she never got to pledge day and she ended up deciding it wasn't for her. And I was accepted as a Delta Zeta and Rush and joined the house and went through pledge day. This was the beginning fracture in our friendship and I specifically remember in our dorm room in this bare brown tiled floor with the white walls telling her I was going to be in this house and her crying because she was struggling with the decision to continue through rush or to drop because she just was not feeling like it was the right decision for her And she knew and verbalized that this was going to hurt our friendship. And she worried about that. And I already was going home a lot to see a boyfriend at the time back home. And I just was not 
getting my feet wet and giving myself the full college experience that I should have. So I was going to go through with it. So I did rush. I met another girl named Shauna that was an Urbana girl. We became best friends. And without Shauna, I don't think I would have made all the literal lifelong friends that I have today. A very close group of five or six. But Shauna was my extroverted conduit to all these other women and she gave me the confidence and the power and the familiarity and the connection to let my guard down and be friends with these girls that I just still love and adore to this day who is would be the people that I went to Chicago to see before I saw Mary that day so Mary makes another group of friends and she starts getting her own feet wet in college so and I'm making my own friends going out we see each other out we're still living in the dorms then I join the sorority and she lives in the dorms another year with her new group of friends and we are friendly and we are friends but we're growing into our own lives but we are still friendly and I remember if we did connect or she would come out with my new friends I always felt a sense of judgment like she kind of thought she was better than us in a lot of ways she was so much more controlled so much classier so much quieter so much more in control of herself and her goals she knew that you know she was going to live in Chicago and be something bigger and better and that Champagne and Urbana and ISU were too little too small and just little stepping stones to get the life that she really wanted and this wasn't it she was kind of look at me I think with a lot of judgment is how I felt about how I was living and running my life however we were still friends because there was that history there and come junior and senior year we lived together again in an apartment with Barry came so now Barry is coming to Bloomington she's gonna go to school there so Barry joins us from Champaign so now the YOLO crew is reunited a threesome right the first junior year is fine we're kind of making our own friends living our own lives but we all commune in the same apartment senior year is where things get messy okay messy and it is very difficult for me to pinpoint where things went so tragically wrong but I believe Barry was having problems adjusting perhaps um, getting a handle on school getting a handle on work getting a handle on friends getting a handle on bad boyfriends she was having her own struggles and Mary and I were kind of living our own lives and there was um, a lot of closed doors there was a lot of segregation in the apartment then there was slash tires Mary's tires got slashed Mary had bleach all over her clothes one day there was smoking in the apartment which Mary did not like okay did not like the smell of smoke okay 
There was nasty notes written to each other on the communal wipe and write board every single day. And here I am trying to live my life, go out with my sorority friends, and keep the peace and just keep functioning, getting through school, graduating, dealing with my hangovers, picking out what to wear. What was that, Andrew? Meeting the man of my dreams. Etc. So we were living separately and it was just getting worse and worse and worse. One person put the remote control in the freezer to hide it from the other person so they couldn't watch television. At one point, Mary and I must have been out and we came home and our front door had been smashed in and was kind of hanging on the hinges as Barry lost her keys at the bars and had a neighbor kick our door in so that she was able to get in the house. So there's just some real bad decision making. Eviction notices started popping up on our door. And if it was like communal rent, so if one person wasn't paying, we were all screwed. At one point, Mary's mom came to town and she wanted me and Mary to move out. And she was going to help facilitate that to get Mary out of the situation. And I didn't want to disrupt my life in the middle of this senior year game. I was like, you know, I can push through this. I can just make it through, you know. So it was just like hell on earth living in this battle zone. Bad things just kept happening to Barry bad decisions leading to bad consequences and so because I wasn't taking Mary's side or I wasn't taking Barry's side they were getting more and more upset with each other and Mary was getting more upset with me because she felt like I should have really rallied with her and backed her and maybe I should have but I was bad at confrontation and I was just trying to keep the peace And if you've listened to my OCD and anxiety podcast, this is right around my 22nd birthday when my whole life kind of turned upside down and I started getting panic attacks and anxiety and had to go see a psychiatrist to kind of get things under control because I just started feeling out of control. And now looking in retrospect, I mean, that could have been a huge part of it that I wasn't able to really verbalize until I talked through it now. The psychiatrist said that a lot of it stems from the transition from being a child to being an adult, that graduation point from college. And I think that was part of it, but also living in this traumatic, dysfunctional household could have very much played a part in it. So we graduated and we got through it. And we all went our separate ways. And Mary and I, oh God. I mean, I remember moving out and it was like, get me the F out of this apartment, out of this town and away from these people because it was just like the strain of it, you know? So Barry stayed in Bloomington to live her own life. And Mary moved to Chicago and ended up moving in with another friend from home. Not a YOLO girl. She went to the other high school, but she was still a mutual friend. And she got her Chicago apartment and she got to be by her sister, which she wanted. And she got to be in a big office 
So she got those dreams and what she wanted. And I ended up um, coming home and starting my own story and my own path. And, <laughs> and again, met the man of my dreams. So we ended up traveling a few times back and forth to Chicago to see these two friends. Again, this is before I married, um, me and girlfriends would go, we'd stay at their apartment and we would party and have New Year's and, you know, just really um, tie one off in Chicago. And those two were even an otter match than I could imagine. And that kind of produced its own set of problems and friction as Mary was this really straight arrow and responsible. And the other one, we'll call her, we'll call her, so we have Barry in Bloomington. We have Mary, who is my kind of high school friend. And then we have Terry. So we'll call her Terry. She was eccentric and artistic and talented and creative and flighty and fun and full of life. And so these two living together, I don't even know how that worked out, but I think that was for a year. And at that time is when we all really dissolved because Telly would have um, a guy over that I liked and I could never really figure out if he was there for me or her. Why she was calling him, why she wasn't ha calling him. Why or what, or what would happen when I went to sleep or passed out or whatever, you know what I mean? So I was losing trust for her. And then they were telling me things that were happening that the each other was saying. Oh, Mary said this about you, or Telly said this about you. So there was a lack of, oh, not Telly, Andrew's correct me, it's Terry. So there was a lack of trust going on. And it was like I needed to remove myself to keep my sanity going. Again, I'm in Champaign, so I'm renewed enough from these Chicago people. And so after a final straw where Terry told me something that Mary said about my husband and I, I decided that that was going to be the final countdown. That was it. To this day, Terry says that Mary did say this. And I think Mary would say that she didn't. So again, it was like a lack of, I just didn't know who to trust. I'm trying to start my life here, people. So now 14 years passed and I'm driving to see my sorority girlfriends in the suburbs of Chicago. And I have arranged to see Mary, my high school best friend, the girl I lived in college with for three years and went through all of these life milestones that I can't even talk about. All of these little rites of passage we had experienced together. And I walked into the restaurant in Glen Ellen and it was like no time had passed. She looked exactly the same, same hair, same face, same body, everything. And she had the same disposition and affect to her voice. I mean, everything was the same, same laugh. I don't know what I was expecting, but it was just like 
rewinding 14 years. And we had a very neutral, very nice conversation. There was no silences. There was no awkwardness whatsoever. It was like really no time had passed. We didn't bring up the incident that fractured our friendship indefinitely between Terry and Mary and myself. She did ask how Terry was doing and I told her. She asked how Barry was doing and I told her. But she did not seem to have any resentments or any ill will toward any of them. In fact, she talked about them fondly and those memories fondly. And it seemed to almost leave me with a bigger impression than it did her, which just kind of led me to believe that you have to move on and you have to bury the past and look in the present and not resent and hold grudges on people. You have to let that poison go. And that's what we did. And that's what she's done. And it was really pleasant. Will we be best friends? I don't think so. Will we keep up to date with each other? I think so. I think we'll keep talking. And the more friends you have in your orbit and the more people you have on your side, the better. So ultimately, I mean, I'm glad I had this discussion. I'm glad I challenged myself. I'm glad I reached out. I'm glad I actually said, hey, let's meet up. Instead of, we come to Chicago once or twice a year. I'll give you a call. I'll give you a text. I'll email you. Maybe we can meet up. And we never do, which happens over and over and over again. I actually followed through. I actually met up with her. And I walked out of the restaurant two and a half, three hours later. And I felt really good about the experience, which is all I could really ask for. So I am happy with that. I don't know if you guys will like this story time, but I don't know. It left an impact on me. That senior year left an impact on me. It was like a turning point in my life, that 22-year age. So now 14 years later, we can reflect on it. So I just wanted to document it. We'll see what happens. We'll see if we do these story times. But that was a big part of my life. Let me know in the comments if you want to hear more of these. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for listening. However your podcast host of choice allows, please positively rate, review, comment, and give all the stars. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, share, and ring that notification bell so you know when the next episode drops. Also, search and follow HyperLocalCU on all social media. If I forgot anything or you need me, visit my website at HyperLocalCU.com. Bye! I think I